Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest today is Randy Kanifka, and Randy is going to talk about John McDonald being challenged by Sam Fine. So, hi, Randy. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So, when you heard about uh, McDonald being challenged, what was your first reaction? Uh, I was not surprised. Look, at, uh, I think I think what you're seeing here is a microcosm of what we're seeing in the Democratic Party, and you're seeing it play out um, on a national scale. You have serious fractures within the party between uh, what you know what I will call progressives, although there, there's there's many, you know. Labels you can place there. You can say liberal. You can say some will even say socialist now uh, with Bernie. Uh, some say uh, communist, <laughs> and I think that's a little bit mm-hmm. too far. But anyway, you have a you could call it a progressive uh, left, uh, and I think it's generational too. I think you're you're, it, it, you're seeing it with the, the younger folks. Uh, that you're seeing a a more left stance in the party, and so I think what you're seeing uh, with the the Bernie uh, I'll call it the Bernie movement because I well certainly progressive politics have been around since going back to I mean you know and I hate to to really get off get off on a on a divergence from the topic but you know progressive politics when you think about this country we had a progressive party in this country. Back at the turn of the 20th century, you think about mm-hmm. you know New York State. You had Al Smith. You had even Robert Moses early in his career was a progressive. You know Theodore Roosevelt, FDR. I mean, you know, progressive politics have been around for a very, very long time. And so I think when you look at what's going on now, you have younger people. Mr. Fine, uh, Ms. Cortez, you know, and others, you can, you can really mm-hmm. run down the list, who are saying, hey, you know what? Um, we have an, a, pro- a progressive, what we call a progressive agenda, and just because mm-hmm. you have a D next to your name doesn't entitle you to sit in office and not advance the agenda. We think the country, the state, you know the, the local government needs for for 2020. Mm-hmm. So what you're seeing here now in the I think it's the 108th, yeah, the 108th Assembly's District is you have a young man, uh, Mr. Fine, uh, Albany County Legislator. I know him a little bit. I don't know him a lot. Uh, Mr. McDonald, who I know a lot. I think I I think mm-hmm. I've known John almost my entire life. And you're seeing that play out now right here, a, a younger uh, man with progressive um, ideology, and then John, a little bit of an older, you know, baby boomer generation with, I think, a more, dare I say, uh, you know, they used to have a term blue dog Democrat. Democrat. Remember the blue dogs, Cynthia? That oh, yeah. Term. I don't even think they, I don't even know if they use that anymore, but you know, blue dog, and I think at the end of the day, a blue dog was just basically a little bit more of a right to center uh, Democrat. Now, they're becoming more and more extinct. 
uh, in, especially in the state assembly. The state assembly has really kind of gone uh, left to center. I can't think of too many, uh, you know, quote unquote, blue dogs or centrists left in the assembly. I think certainly John is one, and you know, maybe I can I can think of a couple others, but they're they're you know, they're on their way out. So what I think you have here is a young man saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to sit around and wait for someone in the McDonald's to just be there forever <laughs> until he decides uh-huh. you know, to either move on to something else or retire. He's saying no. He says the time is now. We have to uh, advance uh, progressive uh, policies, but not only at the, at the state level, but I think what he's saying and, – and again, I, I don't – I haven't really looked at his campaign, but I think he's saying, hey, when you look at the 108th district, now the 108th district, for those who don't know, is uh, what they call the lower wards of the city of Albany. So if you think of, you know, mm-hmm. downtown, you know, the south end, um, you know, you know, kind of the, the, you know, towards the river in the city of Albany, you know, the older part of the city and the, and the part of the city that is under the most economic and social distress, right? And then you move up mm-hmm. the river, and then you have uh, my city of Cohoes, which is in equal, in some ways, parts of economic and social distress in, in a large part of the city. The city of Waterbury, again, a large part of that city, economic and social distress, the mm-hmm. village of Green Island, and then, you know, parts of Troy, and then right. um, kind of stretching out to Waterford and, and North Greenbush and, and, and the city of Rensselaer, but the city of Rensselaer, you have social economic distress. So I think what Mr. Fine is saying says, hey, wait a minute here. Our, the district is, is suffering. People are suffering. And Mr. McDonald is not advocating uh, for those folks. So that's, that's what I kind of see going on here. Mm-hmm. What do you think, you know, there's no way to predict what the future might hold. But do you think that Sam Fine has a good shot at unseating John McDonald? Well, Cynthia, in politics, uh, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. You know, history has proven that. Um, What I will say is, you know, looking at the district, obviously any incumbent state legislator, and I believe the the re-elect rate is upwards of over 95% for right. incumbent. So, you know, Mr. Fine has has that disadvantage right out of the gate. You know, these incumbents have and I don't and I haven't looked at John's financials. I'm I'm imagining he has quite a little of a war chest uh to be able to outspend Mr. Fine maybe even 3 to 1, who knows. So there's that. Right. Um, you know, John works very hard. I, I know I know firsthand. He works literally probably before six in the morning with emails uh going into late at night. Uh he's all over the district. He works he he just works very, very, very hard. He's he's out there. He's um he's seen, he's at the events, he's responsive. Um you know, he's not He's not kind of one of these that you just that never shows up, right? He's not one of these guys that looks like, well, where's where's our assemblyman? Where's John? You know, I think mm-hmm. Joe Crowley had that problem uh, with, right. with Cortez. He, he, this guy was just never around, right? Well, that's not 
John. John is John is around. Again, he's responsive. He's there. Um, number three, I think when you look at the assembly district and you look at the demographics and you look the, at the electorate, especially in the northern, you know, Cohoes, Waterville, Green Island, Waterford, etc., I don't think you have a real, quote, progressive electorate. I think a lot of the registered Democrats are, not to say right of center, but maybe a little bit more uh, centrist, more traditional, we'll say traditional okay. Democratic values. They're certainly they're certainly white. Uh, you know, they're certainly uh, not young. Uh, you know, in, in the northern, so you have kind of a an older. Traditional Democratic, uh, a lot of Catholics uh, in that northern part of the district that I don't, you know, Mr. Fine is going to have a very hard time not only reaching because you need money to reach voters. Um, so he's going to have a hard time reaching. And then when you reach them, are these folks going to say, oh, yeah, I like what you're selling? So he, he's facing you know, an uphill climb here, not to say that it is impossible because uh, anything is possible in politics. He's going to have to work very, very hard. He's going to have to raise I'm, – I'm thinking he's going to have to raise about a quarter of a million dollars to be competitive, um, and he's going to have to get out there. And if he could do those things, you know, again, anything is possible. A quarter of a million dollars for an assembly seat? You know, there's a there's a push to get money out of politics, but a quarter of a million dollars for one assembly seat is a little bit is a little bit too much, you know, for my taste. What, what well, do you think? Well, Cynthia, but that's where we're at. If you want to take out an incumbent state legislator, you better be prepared to raise that kind of cash, um, because at the end of the day. You know, John, again, and I haven't looked at John's financials, but I'm guessing he has quite a bit of a war chest. And, you know, when you have when you have a war chest, that means you can you can send out mail, you can do television, you can do radio, you can do all kinds of things to get your message out um, that, you know, your opponent um, is not going to have the resources, you know, to have. Uh, and that ties into a larger issue, as you said, you know, the money in politics, how – how can a Mr. Fine or or anybody say, hey, you know what? Um, you know this guy isn't doing a good job. I want to get my message out there, and I want to run for office. And what do you do? <laughs> I mean, right. it goes to a larger issue of campaign finance, of maybe term limits, right? Um, should we have you know term limits? Should we just say, hey, you know what? You've been in office for, you know, four, six, eight, I don't know, ten years. That's enough, uh, and now you have to go. So somebody else can, you know, someone with fresher ideas can come in and and take over. Um, but that's just, you know, look at that's just the nature of politics. It, it's it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, he's going to have to raise uh, several hundred thousand dollars. And that's just that, Cynthia. That's just to get onto the playing field, and that doesn't guarantee you a win. That gets you on the field, and then when you get on the field, you're going to have to work your your butt off 
knock on the doors. You've got to get union support, which I think Mr. Fine could probably, you know, get um, at the end of the day. I, I think I think where John comes into a little bit of a problem. Uh, you know, look at John's a businessman. Okay, nothing wrong with this with being a businessman, but John is pro business, right? John uh, is a big um, a proponent of repealing the scaffold law. John did not support uh, paid sick time in Albany County. You know, John is a big friend of the Business Council, which is traditionally a you know Republican. <laughs> you know, a, a group that kind of leans to the right, uh, putting it mildly. Uh, John is not a proponent of the legalization of recreational marijuana, which is a big issue yeah. in a large part of the 108th. When you talk about the south end of Albany, you talk about downtown, you talk about folks that have been really disenfranchised uh, through the criminalization of marijuana over the years, Cynthia, and you know that as well as anybody. And, and yes, right. young black, young black, young black men, uh, disproportionately, have been, uh, you know, have had, you know, uh, criminal records, have been put in jail over marijuana. And you know, John and I have gotten into, you know, arguments because, quite frankly, I didn't like how, uh, you know, some of the things he was putting out was like, well, you know, if we legalize pot, uh, it's going to be the roads are going to be dangerous. So. They're going to have all these people, you know, oh, driving on the pot. Well, John, how about all the crap they're driving on out of your pharmacy? If I if I go into a pharmacy, Cynthia, and buy a bottle of cough syrup, right. let me tell you what, I'm going to be I'm going to be just as much impaired, if not more, on right. cough syrup, on sinus uh, sinus pills, on pain medic, on whatever you got in there. <laughs> then I'm going to be if I take a couple of hits of pot. So. You know, get off of that crap because that's just that's just fear mongering. That's just scare tactics. If you're going to say that, you know, you don't want people to be impaired on pot, I agree with that. But you have to look at the whole picture here, uh, Assemblyman. You know, I don't want people impaired mm-hmm. on cough syrup. I don't want people impaired on oxycontin. I don't want people impaired on anything. But that's a whole right. other separate issue than to say, oh, uh, the roads are going to be, uh, you know. It, it, you're going to have all these – I call them pot zombies. You're going to have the pot zombies out there behind the wheel, and oh, it's, <laughs> it's, they're terrorizing the roads. I mean give me, give me an absolute break here. Let's, let's look at this thing in real terms, in logical terms. If you don't, if you don't believe in legalization, then just say it. Then just say it. That's fine. That's your position. Um, so right. I think he's going to have some, some difficulty there. But and, – and John – and here's why John is a little bit of an enigma because John uh, voted for a bail reform. So John's taking heat from the right or from the centrist to say, Assemblyman, how could you vote for such a thing? You know, how could you vote for mm. such a thing, making the streets unsafe? You know, John voted for the expansion of the abortion rights in New York. He took a lot of heat from centrist Catholic Democrats and those on the right for his position on the expansion of abortion, of, of abortion, you know, late-term mm-hmm. abortion, partial birth, partial birth abortion that we have now uh, in the state of New York that Mr. McDonald uh, supported. So he's kind of an, an enigma in a way in that he will 
he will vote for you know quote unquote progressive progressive legislation. He'll take heat from his own base, uh, centrist Catholics. He'll take heat from the right, but then he'll oppose you know other progressive legislation, and he he'll take heat from the left. So you know he. he you know, John, he's in a, he's kind of in an interesting political position here when you really kind of look at it. Hmm. So w- let me throw out a word to you, and the word is entrenchment. And I find that politicians who have been here, you know, in elected office for many, many years, the entrenchment is, you know, it's there. It's so hard. You know, it's one thing to run for office, but it's another thing to change the mindset of people who are saying, okay, he's been our elected representative for a long time. Let's keep him. How do you change a person's mindset to be more open to different points of view? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have is you have to reach them, right? And and any campaign, whether it's a local city council upwards to president of the United States, you have to make contact with that voter. Now, that contact can take a variety of forms. The best and most effective contact is the candidate, his or herself, knocking on your door shaking your hand, looking you in the eye, and and making that personal, physical contact. That doesn't guarantee that candidate the vote, but I tell you what, if you go to the House and your opponent doesn't, I think you're over a 50% likelihood that that, that, that voter is going to vote for you. So there's that. You can – the next one is, you know, direct mail. You know, the political mail that everybody <laughs> that everybody hates to get, but mm-hmm. we know is still relatively effective, right? To a to a degree, uh, the mail does reach people. People look at it. They say on average of about five seconds <laughs> before it gets tossed, you know, into the trash. But you know, five seconds is five seconds, and then you have television, radio. But increasingly now social media, right, as we know, and you're all over social media, um, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, you know, YouTube, viral videos, etc. cetera. Um, so all these things a candidate is going to have to do to say, hey, my name is Sam Fine. You don't know who I am, right? The people in this district, they don't. Now, most people don't know who Sam Fine is, nor, nor should they. He's an mm-hmm. Albany County legislator. People in the city of right. wouldn't know Sam Fine if they tripped over him. They just wouldn't, but that's nothing against Sam. That's just – they don't know who he is. Okay, fine. <clears throat> so he's going to have to come into this city. He's going to have to personally come up here. He's going to have to send uh, – he's going to have to get volunteers to come up here and go to door-to-door, and he's going to have to send mail. He's going to have to do all these things, but that takes money. It takes resources, right? So to your question – that's why you have entrenchment because young Mr. Fine is 
may not have, and he may, he may be able to have, but probably isn't going to have the resources to introduce himself to the amount of voters he needs to for that voter to be able to know that they even have a choice, Cynthia, right? They need mm. to know first know that they have a choice. They need to say, oh, I met Mr. Fine, or I got a piece of literature from Mr. Fine, or I saw an ad from Mr. Fine. Wow, this relates to me. It relates to what I think the problems are in my community. I want to take a look at Mr. Fine. I want to consider Mr. Fine. Maybe Mr. McDonald has been around too long, right? So you have to get to there before you can even, you know, the voter knows they have a choice, right? Now, on the on the opposite coin of that, you know, as we know, people are busy. We talked about this, I think, in our mm-hmm. last, you know, interview, right? People work, but they work long hours. They work two jobs, three jobs. They have kids. They have, you know, maybe they're taking care of a sick uh, parent or grandparent. You know, who knows? But, you know, they don't have time to go to these forums or these things and to to do all that. They just don't have the time. It's not to say they don't care. It's just that they they don't have the time. So you have to – so these candidates have to work extra hard to get their message. Let me ask you a question. Um, You know, I've – as you know, and my listeners know, um, you know, a pretty keen observer of what's going on. Um, Sean Morris was well known. He was an an um, an incumbent mayor. You know, some people liked him, some people didn't. Uh, but he was out there. He was doing things, um, and. McDonald was able, I'm not saying McDonald alone, but he was part of the group that was able to unseat uh, Sean Morris. So when you, when you have an entrenched system, it's very difficult to, you know, have somebody new come in and, 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 you know, to win over people. How do you, how do you uh how do you overcome entrenchment? Well, you overcome entrenchment with well, you gotta have some money. Uh you gotta have a little money. You also have to be a good candidate. Now, you know, let's you know, let's take a step back here. You know, we we're talking about money and we're talking about all these things. Yes, you, you do need uh money. You need support. You need a group of folks, you know, behind you. But you also have to be a good candidate. You have to be somebody who's appealing. You have to be somebody who can speak, can put sentences together. You have to be somebody that is willing to work so hard. Um, okay, you know, let me let me stop you right there. In the city of Troy, when Rodney Wilshire uh, challenged uh, Madden for mayor, Rodney's an educated guy. He's articulate. He's good-looking. He's young. But And he went against the Madden machine, and McDonald endorsed Madden. 
So you can right. say anything you want about, you know, a person raising money, being this, being that, but it all boils down to the fact that these people challenged an entrenched system and was beaten down by it. And unfortunately, and I hope this is not the case, Sam, I think, is setting himself up for the same situation. And and in Tahoe's, uh, Sean Morris was well-known. He might not be popular by everybody, but he thought outside the box. And um, McDonald was not a big fan of Sean Morris. So I'm looking at all of these scenarios and I'm saying, this has got to change. What do you think? Well, Cindy, I think you're right to a, to a degree in that at the end of the day, I think Mr. Fine, again, Mr. Fine is, is in a very uphill battle. I, you know, again, I think anything's possible. Do I think John is beatable? Yeah, but anybody, every, anyone is beatable on any given day. Um, but let me, to John's credit, and, and I know John, okay, and we don't, again, we don't agree on everything, but I've known him for a very long time. John is a very good and decent man. John works very, very hard. John, even if you disagree with him, he's not gonna he's not gonna hate on you. You know, he's not gonna scream. You know, he's not gonna do all that. So you have to give credit where credit is due, right? You can't just say, well, this guy's been around for a long time and he's entrenched in this and that. It may be partly true, but you also have in John, like I said, a, a very good and decent man, a hard worker, someone who will listen to everybody. Right? Who will listen to all the sides? Who will, you know, um, at the end of the day, try to make the best decision? Now, do I think he's a little bit too close to, you know, the Speaker of the Assembly? Eh, maybe, but you know what? They all are down there, and I know that because I was down there. Um, because that's just the way that system works down there. And if you want anything in the Assembly, you gotta you gotta be on the Speaker's good side. If you want office furniture, right? If you want. You know, right. a bulb change in your office. <laughs> I'm serious. Right. If you want anything right. done, <laughs> if you want a staff, if you want anything, if you want a parking space, guess what? You have to be. Uh, yeah, it has to go through the speaker. So, oh, and most importantly, if you want any money for your district, this is you know they got rid of the member items, fine, but now guess what? Everything goes through the speaker's office. Everything, every dollar. If you want anything for your district. You know, uh, last year they got money for Coe's Boulevard. You know, that was that was John and that was uh, Senator Breslin. So you can make the argument, you know, if John was, you know, giving it, sticking it up the speakers, you know, you know what, every other day. Well, Coe's wouldn't have gotten that money, right? Because that comes through the speaker. So, you know, again, Cynthia, it, it, yeah, again, you have to give credit where credit is due. So, you know, John. I think wants to provide for his district as he should. I think he feels ultimately he has to vote for some things that – and I can tell you, I know John well enough to know that he didn't want to vote for that abortion. Uh, John's a good, very good Catholic. He didn't want to vote for that. I know he didn't. I mean I don't – you know, he didn't tell me this much, but I'm sure that was a very, very difficult vote for him. But you know, at the end of the day, he voted the way he felt he had to vote. Um, you know, Bail reform, I bet you at the end of the day – that's probably not something he would, you know, do cartwheels over. But 
you know, you have to, uh-huh. you know, it's politics. You have to say, okay, where are my battles here? Where do I draw the line? Where do I, you know, where do I not draw the line? Um, and, and again, where he's coming from in his district, it's tough because you have a mix, right? You have folks in parts of his district that are economically and socially disenfranchised that have been for as long as I, I mean, the South end of Albany has been really devastated. Mm-hmm. I don't know, economically and socially for as long as I can remember. I mean, right. Maybe even oh. as long as you can remember. Um, right. you know, parts of the city of Cahos have been socially and economically disenfranchised for, for, well, at least for the better part of 30 years. Um, mm-hmm. City of Water of Leeds, City of Rensselaer, you know, the urban decay, urban decline, uh, high taxes, etc. cetera. Uh, but then he also has a lot of suburban areas in his district where people are, you know, the white baby boomers who are doing fine and who are doing very well. So, you know, he's trying to ride a line here uh, that at times he's, he's going to go over on both sides. So just because someone may be entrenched doesn't mean they're not a good person. It doesn't mean they're not effective at representing their district, right? So I think what you have in John, and I think ultimately why Mr. Fine is going to have his biggest challenge is because John is not a Joe Crowley. You know, John is in touch. John is probably in touch with every, every municipality in his district. He is probably in touch with the majority of, if not all the nonprofit groups in his district. He, John is probably in touch with every elected official in his district. John is probably in touch with every you know, church group in his district, with every little league, with, you know, the, with every volunteer fire department. He is probably in touch or has been in touch or has been at an event over, I think he, well, he, John was elected in 2012, right? So for the last eight or so years, John has been uh, there. So, well, well, Randy, is, our time, our time is up. So I hope to have you back on Focus on Albany to share your thoughts about this election year and and what's going on. So you've been listening to Randy Kanifka, who is a former city council member and co-host. So if you like the show, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thank you, Randy. We'll talk again, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day.